Hot dogs. Talk about hot dogs. Favorite type of hot dogs. Go. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, guys. Hey. You guys hey. want to know where I was for the last eight hours? In bed? Driving back from Baltimore. Wait. I just got it's, back from Baltimore like 20 minutes It's ago. 10 o'clock in the morning right now. Almost 10. So yeah. you haven't slept? I slept a little. Oh, oh, you're awake now. Bear's mad that I haven't slept. Uh, I slept a little bit here and there on the ride. Were you driving? And Yeah, I was driving until I couldn't drive. Then I'd take a nap and then I'd get up and drive. And I was almost going to text you guys and say, hey, what do you think about three o'clock? <laughs> but I got home. I got home. I pulled in the driveway at eight. I was able to sleep for about 45 minutes and I'm feeling real good. Just get out of the shower. So I'm mm-hmm. here on time. If it wasn't for okay, you guys, so- I would have slept in Baltimore. It's your fault. <laughs> Uh, thank you. No, no, I'm glad so, I'm home. I have so in, much to do. Uh, in Baltimore? I was invited to be a, a judge on, I never heard of this show called Make 48. You guys know it's like a PBS sponsored. Mm-hmm. College teams get together and they're tasked with making an invention in the X or about the Y or like the previous episodes. I, I'm, I'm probably not allowed to say anything about this particular season, but the first season was about in the house and the first season is available. Second season is about to be released and the teams are tasked with, Hey, make an invention for inside of a house. And it's that vague. And uh, they go to work and they come up with inventions and try and find needs. And then of the eight or 10 teams, one of them wins. And then that product is then taken to market behind the scenes and it's all documented. So the whole show is a documentary. It's 10 episodes. It's broken into 10 episodes by the time they they get picked to become the product, that's, I think, episode four. But they just shoot everything and then break it into episodes later. But so I was invited to be a judge on season three. And I got the gig through the ShopBot guys. The guys at ShopBot, Chris recommended that they, Chris is one of the, the, the senior ShopBot guys, and he recommended that I go there. And I had a really good time. It was great. And it was at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. And it was hosted by Stanley Black and Decker, is their uh, underwriter, I guess you call it. You call on on PBS, it's called an underwriter. Outside mm-hmm. of PBS, yeah. it's called a sponsor. So their underwriter was Stanley Black and Decker, and that's where that's where it's from, right? Did you guys know that Stanley Black and Decker was from Baltimore? So we no. worked with Dewalt in the past, and Dewalt is from from there. So there was a lot of Dewalt executives there. And uh, I didn't know that until I got there. But um, anyway, it was it went good. And then they were basic. We were basically pitched the products just like Shark Tank. And then we had to judge and ask questions. And then we had to go behind the curtain and pick a winner, first, second, and third place. It was not easy. But oh man, hmm. it was good to have a, three people to help make that decision. We all we <laughs> sat and rationalized, and we were filmed discussing some of the products. So I did that, and it was great. And while I was there, there was a print shop. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story. They have an old antique printing. It's all antique industry stuff. And I remembered there was a guy who wanted to give me his print shop, an older gentleman. I met him through the comment section, friend of a friend. He's not on YouTube. He's 82 years old. But he has a full print shop. And he has a printing press that he got that was about to be junked in 1963. And he took it and repaired it. It's been sitting in his print shop in his backyard. He has a dedicated house for his print shop. It's been sitting there since 1966 in this print shop. 
And I texted him last night and he said, yeah, come on by when you're done. So I went to his house at 11 o'clock, hung out with him and his wife for an hour, looked at all the beautiful equipment he's, he wants me to take. Oh man. And we just got to know each other. So I kind of broke the ice with him and he gave me one book as a, as like a, here, take this with you now, but come back and take everything. <laughs> he wants me to take everything. Wow. Yeah. So there'll be a little bit of a, a, a follow-up in the in my, my vlog this week about it. But yeah, what a sweet old man. And he's a wood carver and he does paper models. And he's just a, a busy guy. Kind of reminded me, Bob, like you, you said about your grandfather, he used to carve birds. This yeah. this guy is an incredible craftsman. I wish I had more. Like, I felt a little rushed because they were very, you know, they're elderly and I was kind of holding them up. But they were more than happy to stay up for me. And uh, so anyway, so I, I didn't really do the proper interview. I'm sure I'm going to meet him again shortly. But he's giving me his entire print shop, which is in immaculate condition. It's like absolutely perfect. The printing press he restored in the 60s, it looks like it's brand new. So that was my trip. And as soon awesome. I left him at like midnight and I drove straight home. So I put 630 miles on my car yesterday. Whoa. That's yeah. crazy. So from talking to him, did you get any like insight or any new ideas or information about the restoration process since he had done that? Oh, no, no. We, what I, printing? Yeah, what I did learn, he has all these tools I didn't even know existed. He's like, oh, this is a tool for chamfering an angle on a, on a lead slug. And he has all the tools, everything. He hasn't printed in two years since he had a heart attack. And he says he's never going to print again because he has a foot-powered thing and he's not allowed to, to exert himself. And huh. so that's why he says, and he goes, he, says, he goes, he doesn't have any grandkids that want it. He doesn't have any children that want it. He's, he's asked around. And so I'm going to take what I want and give the rest of it to the School of Visual Arts. They don't know that yet, but I'm going to ask them if they want it. They have a really big print facility that deals with movable type. So I'm going to ask them if they want it. Hmm. And I'm sure they'll say yes. And then I'll arrange a truck and go down there and get all the stuff from him. It's in a very precarious spot, though. The machine has to be completely dismantled because he put it there 50 years ago and his backyard has been built up around it. It hasn't moved since he put it there 52 years ago or something. Wow. So we've got to take it apart and piece it out. But anyway, that was my night and I made it here on time. Happy for that. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Not asleep. Um, so at, at what point are you going to have to build a second building on your property? I'm just going to have to, I'm going to rearrange. I'm going to rearrange. The, I have some machines in the big warehouse that I don't necessarily, even though I've acquired them, I don't necessarily need them. So I'm going to either sell them or give them away. So, you know, now that I have like, I kind of have like a, uh, it's kind of like a um, currency and machines. I could give them or trade mm. them. Uh, I don't know who's calling me. So I can, I can, exchange or trade or give away machines now that i have a, a surplus make room yeah right so well i'm looking for a mill so if you if you got a mill you want to get rid of <laughs> I, let me know you're looking for a uh i have an extra mill sitting in my mother's driveway right now but it weighs three thousand pounds <clears throat> it's a difficult one to move yeah it's that uh but i could find you one i'll absolutely keep an eye out for you if not i'll give you the one i have cool that was done easy. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is something I've been thinking more about. Like, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about a beginning machining project mm -hmm. and um, had a really great suggestion from somebody. And I don't want to give it away because I may start that video this week. But part of it was like, 
uh, it's a mostly a turning project. And then when I was thinking through the process, I was like, oh, well, if I had a mill, then I could do flat sides. I could turn this part and then yeah. flatten out this part. And I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. But I don't have another way to do that that I'm aware of. Um, you can also look for a shoreline lathe. Shoreline is a smaller desktop milling machine. Okay. Yeah, so it's called Shoreline. Oh. It's like kind of a model makers and smaller parts. So write Shoreline oh, okay. down. You know, who knows? Maybe you could even tap them for a sponsorship or something. But it's not Shoreline. CNC, but it's, uh, right. you know, it's hand operated and probably has an envelope of like six by six inches by maybe six inches. I don't know. But it's uh, definitely, oh, yeah. if you have a bigger project, I'll find you that Bridgeport that I promised you. <laughs> you said you were going to give me one. I heard it, and it's recorded. You know, I'll tell you what, right now, I'm going to do some work on this for you. There is a Bridgeport in Slidell. What is the, where is the, the town where, not too far from where you are, uh, the south side of Kentucky. It's a town where the distillery is, where Grandpappy's distillery mm. is. Anyway, it's on the south side of town, kind of like within 10, 15 miles of the airport. There's a Bridgeport mill sitting in the warehouse there. I'll find out if it's still Ooh. sitting there. And I'll make sure that Sweet. you, if I can figure out how to get it to you. I've been asking them for years and they keep blowing me off, but I'm going to ask Chuck. I'm working on something with Chuck. He's my guy over there. And I'll ask him if it's still there. I like that you have a guy <laughs> at like some random building in the south of Kentucky. Like, yeah, yeah, I got a guy here and I got yeah. a here. <laughs> one in every state. That's awesome. I, I, that was the first Bridgeport yep. mill that I saw that I was like, that's mine. Like I, I touched it and I'm like, this is mine, right? Because nobody's using it. Like it's in the old... <laughs> And, and Chuck and Bobby are like, no, it's not yours, but maybe it can be yours. I'm like, no, no, this is mine, right? You guys are going to hold it until I can get my truck over here. Anyway, that was years before I had the one I have now. So it's like, and it's impractical to go and get that because it's near you. So yeah. it's for you if I can figure out how to get it out of the grip. Hmm. And right next to it is a LaGrange lathe that's like 12 feet long, probably weighs like 7,000 pounds. Wow. You could have that too. Mm. <laughs> wow you're giving me stuff that somebody else owns that's awesome <laughs> it's all yours I like yeah. that. <laughs> wow you're so generous it's at the uh, yeah uh, there's uh the bullet there's distillery. all sorts of really really expensive cars somewhere and you can have those oh, yeah. those. there's a car <laughs> you, go in the gift shop take whatever you want while you're there <laughs> tell them i sent you okay <laughs> david what have you been up to uh, i'm a little sad so we Ooh. we okay. were hoping so there's a um a Ray and Charles Eames exhibit that was at the Henry Ford Museum, which is near Detroit. And it was supposed to be there up through September. And uh, every weekend, we're like, we're going to go. And then something comes up. I'm like, okay, we'll push it back next weekend. And we just found out they had to close the exhibit early. And it's no longer Aww. there. And um, my oh, buddy Bill Van Lu was like, hey, it's just so you know, it's it's uh, they had to shut it down because of uh some water issue that they had in the building or something and so my heart was completely broken and so the next place the exhibit is going to be is in oakland at the oakland museum of california starting in october and so kelly and i are already talking about making a trip out to oakland just to see this exhibit that was 50 minutes from my home a few weeks ago um so I've never really spent any time in Oakland. I know you had an awesome experience at the Oakland airport one time, Bob. Uh, oh, yeah. But that was uh, um, so I don't know. So if uh, anybody is in the Oakland area and knows some cool things to visit while we're out there, let me know. Um, oh, yeah. We, we, know, we know people we know in people Oakland. In Oakland. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the Shaper Tool pe peeps are out there, right? Uh, I believe so. I know Bill Lutz is out there. What's up, Bill? Um, Ashley that Ashley that we know from Twitch oh, yeah. is out there. I've got a friend named Matt that's out there. Yeah. Hey, Matt. So <laughs> this week I'm working on uh, like a, a bar liquor cabinet for our for one of the rooms that we have in the house, and I'm going to do it in two parts. There's a middle part that has a little beverage cooler, and I'm building. A cabinet around the beverage cooler and that's just what we're working on this week and then next week we'll work on the on the two ends and of course it's going to have like a a mod style and i'm going to build out of cherry plywood and as soon as we're done here i'm going to go pick up supplies for it yeah sweet um i saw the well i can't even remember which video it was now the last video oh the, the apple box yes. video it, was that the first one that cameraman Dan shot? Uh, it was actually the second one, but it was uh, it, it was okay. it, it was the second one. It was the first one. We were like, let's just let's get crazy and 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 have fun with this one. Yeah, gotcha. Thank I liked you. It. We, it was cool to see. Like you know, it it felt a little different because it was shot yeah. differently and stuff. But it was it was cool. It was nice to see it you know evolve and change. yeah. We played with some um, some high frame rate slow motion stuff and. We're, um, we got, I got a new gimbal and we don't use the gimbal. We only use the gimbal like maybe 5% of the time and the rest of it is monopod. But, uh, so we were using the gimbal with some high frame rate that we could slow down and it looks really cool. And I, it's one of those things where I want to do it all the time, but you have to treat it like a candy bar. <laughs> you can't eat candy bars for dinner. You, you have to, you know. You want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat candy bars. I know exactly what you're talking bars. about. Yeah. When we, yeah. When, I, whenever I did a TV show and the guys, the cameraman would geek out and rent the gimbal, it was like everybody was crowded around it. Like, yo, maybe this is the shot for the gimbal. And like, <laughs> everything would shut down while they set it up and like wait it. Uh, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail later in the podcast when we when we talk about our our topic. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Before we get to that, though, we were talking about, I don't know, there was a transition and I lost it. But anyway, we haven't heard your way in lately, Jimmy, and I'm curious. Oh, yeah. You know, I've just been distracted. Uh, I, I hit 200 last week. I didn't weigh in today because I was driving. My scale in my seat doesn't work right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm, I hit 200 the other day and I cheated to, to avoid falling asleep and I totally broke my own protocol driving last night got to a point where i was like i am either going to sleep while i'm driving or i'm going to eat junk food so i ate junk food just to get some sugar rushes as i was driving it's i don't recommend it but it actually <laughs> works for me because i find myself driving through the middle of the night quite a bit to and from yeah. new york and uh so i had a donut and a bag of doritos while i was driving last night not good but it did i can see on your face that you feel bad about that oh yeah no i love or, it <laughs> or like you're disappointed in yourself or something prior to like may when i began my little my little weight loss quest i that's what that was kind of normal food for me I'm like eh, i'll have a donut i'll just have one every day in a row <laughs> just have one but no it's the first time i ate junk food like that in a while and, and i'm not gonna say i hated it it was actually amazing but that's just like drugs, you know, it's just like taking drugs if you're a drug addict. So that was just like sugar addict stuff for me. But it did give me about three hours of awakeness with a coffee. And, uh, you know, I had kept resting along the way. But no, I hit 200. And uh, I've jogged a few times, not as much as I want, but I broke the ice. So I jog around 
the parking lot out here, which is it's, a good, it's probably like 10 acres. So I drive, jog around the 10 acre parking lot that's down near my house. And uh, yeah, so I do that a few loops. It's kind of like a like like a quarter mile on a track, I guess. That's what I'm considering, although it's a big square. So I'm running around that. And, uh, you know, I've taken to heart what you said. Just, you know, build up a sweat for 20-something minutes instead of worrying about how far you go. And it's mm-hmm. great for me. Because I'm always, just, I'm like right by the side of the house. When I decide to give up, I just go into my house. <laughs> instead of being like two miles away going, oh, God, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, spend an hour walking back. So it's uh, it's been good, and I'm really I'm like I'm joking. I said it to my buddy Derek yesterday. I said I want to look like Mick Jagger. That's that's my goal is to get down to like 170. <laughs> All right, I'm 200 right now. Well, I'm like two. I'm probably fluctuating. I'm probably like 202 or whatever. It was, I actually did hit 200 last Monday, and I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, just yeah. not, not eating bread. Bread basically becomes sugar, and try not to eat sugar. You know, on the regular. No candy bars and you know yeah stuff that's like awesome that. man yeah. that's funny the other day I was at Home Depot and uh, I got like a like a little Nutrigrain bar which is just candy basically disguised as health food so I, I cut it in half and I ate half of it and then I just forgot the other half was in the tool bin that I bought and it was like four or five hours later Brett's like pulling the tools out he's like do you want to finish this <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, give me that. <laughs> but I'm of like the mindset now where I could kind of mentally check out like you know three months ago I'd be like I know exactly where that half of that candy bar is I need it right now let me eat it I would cut it in half eat it and wait three minutes and eat the other half but now I'm kind of like <laughs> mentally departing myself you know like I said harm yeah. reduction I'm slowly moving away from the, the candies and you know all so, health like, food bars it, are candy if you find yourself like looking for snacks and stuff, are you building up replacement snacks that are healthy so that you do have something to go to when? Yeah, you're I'm just hungry? like eating like you know just sliced turkey and you know I'll, I'll, like, we have hummus. I'll take a couple spoonfuls of hummus and that'll be all I need. You know, I'm yeah. not you know it's we, I'm doing a little bit of protein shakes. Tal and I are both doing some protein shakes. You know, with some frozen fruit in it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So definitely replacing habitual bad stuff with. Yeah better stuff there i mean like sugar uh, there's a lot of sugar in fruit but it's a different kind of sugar and it just does different stuff to your body but having i've found that having apples around or having oranges Mm -hmm. or like grapes have a whole lot of sugar in them so even though they're good they're maybe not the best bananas are really good for you know like kind of giving you a fill Mm -hmm. without actually you know giving you a lot of sugar so yeah that's what i'm doing and whereas i would normally keep uh eat a lot of crackers and things for snacks because it's you know, like peanut butter and crackers is just a good filling snack for me, but that's not really good for you. So I'm trying to instead keep fresh fruit event around and use that as my like filler snack, you know, for right now. Well, it's, uh, you know, just to talk a little bit more about the food stuff, like when I, in the past, I'd be like, I'm starving. And I'd go and I'd eat like a whole sandwich from the deli down the block. Instead, I'll just eat like one spoonful of peanut butter mm. and that'll satiate the need to at least eat something. Mm. Yeah, and then you know, a few hours will go by, and it might be regular dinner time for a proper meal. One, you know, one of the yeah. weird tricks that I use for myself is sometimes when I get hungry, I'll just go and rinse my mouth out with mouthwash. I don't know why, but that <laughs> stops the, the hunger. Really? <laughs> is it weird that I eat toothpaste when I get hungry? Uh, yes. Yep, one hundred percent. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> you can't backpedal now, man. If you, you said slow it. down my videos, you'll see I have like a tube of toothpaste <laughs> hanging out of my mouth. I'm just slowly sucking on it. Oh boy! I didn't want to tell anybody uh, that. Dude. 
That's funny. No, that's it. My, I had a years ago. I had a uh, a uh, a trainer for a short period of time, and he. Do you guys hear the vacuum? Is that in my house? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll make this comment and I'll mute. Um, my trainer, he said, he, he goes, to, and that's where I got that mentality from. He said, psych yourself out. If you think you, it's time for a slice of pizza or if it's time for a thing, he goes, go eat one peanut. And just the, the physicality of eating one little tiny thing that's 10 calories will mentally satiate that mm. need to have to eat. And so that's kind of how instead of like it's I need to eat a whole thing, I'm like, yeah, just eat one little tiny piece of what would be a whole thing. Hmm. Hmm. No. I would be surprised if that worked for me. <laughs> I don't feel like it would. <laughs> I, there's a lot of mental restraint. You know, there's lots and lots yeah. of, uh, you know, my buddy used to say that me and my brothers are like robots. We could just open the, the panel on our chest and switch the diet and then close the panel again. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very regimented when I make the decision. It takes me years to make the decision, but when I make the decision, it's, it's game on. So. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, I've been running more like we started. Um, so I convinced Josh to run a half marathon with me. And so our training for that started last week. So we've had the first week and um, it's pretty cool. Like I, I have run a whole lot in my life in like the last maybe 10, 15 years. And I've gone through phases where I'll get really sick of it because I do a whole lot of it. And then I'm just like, Bleh, you know, like I got to go run again. And so for the last year and a half or so, I haven't really run as much. I'm trying to do it. I've been like at a maintenance level, you know, just doing it here and there. But now that I have another goal and another set like plan in front of me, like these days are this distance and like it feels good to run now. And it feels like I'm getting out there. And like when I I finished the first week of training, you know, I got to the end of the run. I was like, sweet, I feel good. And I finished a chunk, you know, like one of the. I don't even know how many weeks it is, 12 weeks or whatever. One of those is done, checked it off, and that felt really good. And so I'm not, whereas it's it's cool to hear you talking about, like, uh, you know, weighing yourself and, like, you can see that change going down and you have a, a point of reference. I'm not doing anything like that where I'm referencing improvement, but just knowing that I checked a week off, you know, and now I'm on to the next week, that's going to be bigger. It's going to be more mileage. That feels good. So anyway. Um, let's see, as far as what I'm working on, I made a roof rack for my Land Cruiser. What? Uh, yeah, and it's it's been something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I think I even mentioned it a long time ago. One of the reasons I didn't do it is because I wanted to make it out of aluminum, and I figured the best way to weld an aluminum rack was to learn how to TIG weld. And so I know you can do it with MIG, but I just, it sounds like that's not the best way to do it. So. For a really long time now, I've been like, well, I need to learn how to TIG anyway, so I'll just wait till I do that, and then I'll, you know, and that was kind of my step, my process to get to that. And uh, when I put together the CNC router parts machine, I was, like, we put that together and I looked at it, and I'm like, man, this, like, aluminum extrusion is awesome for building structures. And it dawned on me that I should make a rack out of aluminum extrusion. So uh, ordered the pieces put together the rack structure really quickly it's super lightweight like i can pick it up with one arm no big deal it's super lightweight um it's black so it looks cool and if you wanted to you could like take that and you could just buy mounts like a generic mount and you could actually mount to that and not really have to fabricate anything but i ended up deciding to make my own rain gutter mounts and so that was a pretty cool 
little metal fab project. You know, I got to so learn how did, to. Did you take or did you bolt it? I just bolted it, and then oh, the cool. bracks, the brackets are just MIG welded. They're steel brackets, but the actual frame, you know, for the the, the structure of it is all just bolted together. Like cool. there's no reason to even weld it. Yeah. So it's it's super flexible. You know, it's got all the tracks in it, so you can like I mounted a light bar up there just by sliding them in. Oh, I've man. got clamps, toggle clamps on the top, so I can slide two sheets of plywood up in there, pull down oh, the clamps, they're locked in place. That's cool. Super easy. That's really cool. And the the front and the sides are a little taller than the back, so it has a hard stop on three sides. <clears throat> so you slide them in, clamp them down, good to go. And we did like uh, like a backup super fast slam on the brakes <laughs> test. They stayed perfectly in place. We peeled out, not peeled out. I mean, the truck's not fast enough to peel out, but you know, took off as fast as I could. Did like serpentine on the road. We did some driving tests, and the, steep, the sheets stay on there. So. It was cool. I mean, it took a long time. I learned a lot <clears throat> about like the fabrication end of it, and I think I can make those brackets better and probably more stable. Uh, but they work fine for now, so pretty cool. That's what I've been. Is that video doing. coming out this week? Um, it's, yeah, that should be out this week. We've completely lost our lead, so we're making because like that one had a bunch of little like. I don't know. I would try to do something and then realize, oh wait, I don't have the right hole, or right size screws for these hole, or I don't have the connector that I need for this, or you know, I did this whole thing wrong and I have to go back and remake these brackets or whatever. And so it was a bunch of little things that just pushed this project out and made it take a long time. While I was trying to do another one, uh, this it, there's this other project that just has not worked. We've tried it a couple of times, so we've had multiple things happening and none of them have really finished and like been successful, you know, like where the rack is finally done, but it felt weird for a couple of weeks. We were just like, this thing's halfway and this thing's a third and this thing's, you know, nothing really like check it off the list and it's done. So it's been kind of weird. We've lost our lead, but it is nice to have this rack finished and on the truck and cool. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. By the way, I made my my canoe paddles. I, I saw that. I finished one at, at home, you know, for camera. Then I finished the second one. Well, it needs to be painted, but I finished shaping the second one at the Filson store this weekend. Had a nice little turnout at the Filson shop, and uh, the third one, which I'll complete off camera because there's no need. There's lots of sanding and cutting, and it's a lot of repetitive <laughs> motion. But uh, just for the beauty shot of the video, and then I'll be able to wrap that video. But it was fun. It was fun making the paddles. I improvised quick ways of removing wood material. And one way I did, which you'll see in the video, is these old electric planers. You see an electric planer? If you ever mm-hmm. watched the uh, boat builder uh, tips from a shipwright, he uses it a lot to shape wood. It's, you kind of use it. It's like an electric planer. And I have an old Craftsman one, and it's the first time I ever really used it. And it worked great. I was able to remove a lot of material. Really quickly. Hmm. I did what I could with the bandsaw and then just straightened out all my bandsaw cuts with that electric planer. Makes a tremendous mess. I was able to just bring it out into the driveway and just do it outside. And uh, makes fast work. And then I used the Arbitech turbo plane to shape the handle, the end handle. Hmm. Yeah. So made fast work of hand planes to fix it up. So it was fun. It was nice. very satisfying. It's a good project if anybody's thinking about getting into carving. It's an easy project. 
I've yeah. never used an electric Did you pointer use... before. Does it grab and want to pull away from you? No, no. It's you got to push it through because it, it, it's a it's a resistance. Okay. So it's it's kind of coming up. So when you push it in, it's scooping up from underneath. It is a little bit treacherous, and you got to be careful because if you could easily, if you're trying to use it on the flat side, where I used it on the broad flat side, you could easily just go bloop, and put a big gouge in it. So I have it set for hmm. a really low setting, and I'm just like quickly. I start from one side and work my way across because the cut is only three inches wide and the, the paddle's maybe eight inches wide. So you just got to be careful. And then you leave yourself enough room to clean up later. What so did you, on the on the flat, is it flat, like the paddle thing, or do you have the center lifted? or what's I have the center lifted a little bit, yeah. I was able to, to shape it, and, and as I went down with the hand plane, get a little, little ridge. Now, I don't know if that ridge, I asked somebody on Instagram, he, he, either he didn't answer me back or he's stuck in the filter, but... I saw a paddle maker and I asked him some detailed questions, but the, the, um, now that ridge, I don't know if that's just to keep it supported because it's from that center piece that goes all the way down through the whole paddle because I added some external colors on it. Or is that part of the anatomy of like the water flowing over it? Did you know, do you happen to know? I don't. I was just curious about that actually. It seems to me that that would actually be a bad thing for functionality, but a good thing for strength. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know that. That's just yeah. my gut feeling. Well, a little secret behind the scenes, and it's just don't tell anybody this. But uh, I bought a couple of paddles at the flea market, and I just copied the ones I bought at the flea market for like five bucks. Cheater. I'm a cheater. cheater. But, I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was at an outdoor store, and I looked at them and took some pictures, and I was like trying to get shapes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. So, yeah. So I just kind of copied what it, the way it was. and But the one I have is definitely computer routered out it's very regular hmm. and mine is obviously more hand done i like it more hand done because i'm a hand done kind of guy <laughs> cool well, we have a topic today i thought we would talk about process what's uh from idea to promoting a video what's everybody's process what do you think mm. Mm. that's mm. that's a big Big kind of question. Yeah, and well, we're three quarters of the way through the podcast too, so we're gonna we're gonna fly right through this. <laughs> um, My process is: I have a notebook, and I just I just dump notes in the notebook. I dump ideas, and usually it's just one word ideas. It'll say pickaxe. Like for instance, I'm working on this pickaxe. I posted a picture of the other day, and. I start marinating on it in my brain. I'm thinking, okay, I want to make a, a fireman's axe. There's a type of fireman's axe called a seagrave axe, or it's got like little cheeks at the bottom where the wood goes into the handle, it's like a little triangulated cheeks. And then there's a big pick sticking out of the back. And now I, they're expensive. And I thought, you know, I don't need to have an exact official one. Let me just make one. So I had this axe with the little triangle cheeks on it. I happened to find in my shop. It, I've had it, but when I saw it, it like sparked, oh, that's the thing I could use to make that other thing. And then a funny story, on Sunday, Taylor and I went for a hike at a new waterfall nearby here that we never, it's about 20 miles away. We never went to it before. And on the walk on the waterfall, I found a leaf spring from like an old truck. Of course. <laughs> <you did>. <laughs> It was in the, it was like, it's from a truck, like in like nearby, I found like the frame of a truck 
and, and I, I like, picked it up, and it turns out it was a bandsaw. Yeah, and it was in the, the we were in the middle of the waterfall. <laughs> we were in the middle of the woods, and I said, "Tell us this." Because somebody probably drove this truck out here in the 1920s, and then the forest grew up around it. Crazy. That's crazy. So I took just yeah. the leaf spring, which is really rotted, but it is a leaf spring. So I, I'm going to take this home and make a knife out of it. It'll be a great project because it's got it's so rotted. There's like holes through it, but I could maybe make a piece of you know one solid piece out of it. Anyway, so I took that, and then as we left, we were right across the street from an old graveyard. And then in the graveyard, there was a crypt, and the door was wide open. And I'm like, I'm going in there. She's like, all right, well, I'm waiting here. <laughs> so I go in the crypt, and the only thing in the crypt is a couple of old gas cans. There's nothing in there. you know. It's a couple of empty beers because the kids go in there. And right in the middle of the floor is a double-ended pick with no handle, completely rotted, like for digging a hole. And I picked it up, and I said to tell, I go, look. Look what's in here, a pick. I'm taking this. She goes, good, let's get out of here. And so I took the pick. And in this video, you'll see me find the fireman's axe, which I threw in the grass. So it looks like I found it in the weeds. <laughs> and then the pickaxe, which I also threw in the grass. So it looks like I found in the weeds. And I cut the, the pick off of one side and I'm going to weld it to the back of the other side of the hatchet the axe and so that's a long boring story but the point i'm making is is what, that's something i what? thought of no, it's not, not, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not a boring story you just tomb raided <laughs> a, a crypt that you found in the middle of the woods and stole an axe from it that's not a boring story <laughs> well it is by the edge of the road oh, so man. gets a lot of traffic and uh what is it it's break a bean if anybody knows what break a bean is it's this little town that has like an old general store that's like 200 years old i was in the break you'll see it in the video because i took some like vlog footage of it it's the break of bean this is break a bean cemetery across the top of this crypt and uh anyway so that's a concept that i had percolating and then i saw the axe which i'm like oh that's the perfect axe for that and then when i was in the thing i'm like brett said to me a couple days before he's like how are you going to make the point on the axe i said oh, i'll just form it out of a chunk of steel we have enough chunks of steel laying around but then when i found the pickaxe in the crypt i'm like that's a much better story to take it from another piece of farm equipment and i made it as if i found it in my property which i could have easily every time we dig a hole we find something like that around here so i have these two pieces of rusty metal i connect them i'm gonna you know make a beautiful chrome hatchet out of it ultimately but the point I'm making is, is my process is usually I'll come up with an idea. And if it isn't a clear, completely concise idea, for instance, like a razor blade, make a big razor blade. There's not more to it than, oh, that'll be cool. That's a great visual. Let me make a giant razor blade. That I thought of and made that day. But with this pickaxe, it's something that that percolates. And the I, I look for moments where pieces of that puzzle present themselves. Mm. And because my mind is working on it, my mind is more in tune with finding pieces of that puzzle that would make a good visual story or even just a good product. And, and not everything has to be end up on film, but if it's a good opportunity, of course, I'll put it on film. But the, uh, that's, that's kind of how it is. And I always have like seven or eight things percolating in the background. That, that knife I found in the woods, well, it's not a knife yet, but it's a leaf spring. That leaf spring I found in the woods that's a good story. I just found a thing and it's going to be, it's going to be a nice transformation. And uh, the pickaxe, which ended up becoming a part of it. I already started that video and just looking for cool opportunities to turn into things. I'm always looking for that transformation. So other times it's, 
a client saying, hey, I need this kitchen island, which is on my recent Instagram. That's going to be a video that's coming out soon. Hey, I need a paddle. That's a video that's coming out soon. Um, yeah, so the process is not always fast. It's slow so that I could look for interesting parts of that puzzle to present itself. But it always starts out as a series of notes, either on my phone or on just a yellow pad laying around the shop. Where Do you keep all of those notes in, in one little area? Do you have like a, a, a pile of ideas <laughs> or are they everywhere? <laughs> just the scattered yeah. everywhere. <laughs> They're written on everything. <laughs> Brett will tell you how disorganized. We tried to, we have a chalkboard and it's just like rubbed clean. There's nothing written on it because I'm too lazy to go behind the dirt over there and like write things on it. Yeah. So typically we have a random piece of paper, which we started the other day. That's like the mobile chalkboard. It's just a random piece of eight and a half by 11, or maybe a piece of cardboard. And we just scroll a couple things on it and we try and cross things off as we get them done. Hmm. That's really, and that happens like once every two months, we'll make a new list and that list will kick around until it just disappears. Just like fades into the dirt in the shop. (laughs) (laughs) Or I keep a note or I keep a, you know, in the, in the Apple notes. I do that a lot more often now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dave? So I have, every idea gets written down. Uh, lately, I've been using Airtable, but it doesn't matter where the idea gets written down, whether it's paper or on some app. But whether the idea is doable or not, the idea, it gets written down. And so there's a huge list. And then within that list, I have high priority, medium priority, or no priority at all. And so the high priority means there's some sort of deadline or this is a thing that we want at this time or this would be great for an upcoming sponsor. Medium priority is just something I want to do this summer or fall. And so um, when it comes time to pick a new project, I'll just go through that list and and just whatever hits me. It's just like, this week, I don't have a lot of time, so maybe I'm going to pick this this little project that's going to be quick and easy, or or maybe um, I'm just I just saw a photo of something that inspired an idea, so I'm going to pick this project because I'm it I'm really inspired to do this right now, and so that's how the ideas get started, and then from there, um, I might quickly sketch out on paper. Uh, I'm not I'm not really good at sketching, but I'll I kind of sketch out the idea to get uh, a rough look at of it, and then it goes into Fusion 360, where I I want to get every last detail done before I make that first cut. So that lets me know how much material I need. Um, it really speeds up the process as far as like cutting joinery and getting all the pieces to dimension because everything is right there in front of me on the, on the computer and that's how that's where my ideas come from everything gets written like some of the if i'm going through my list there's probably 100 things on there right now and some of them were put on there a couple days ago and some of them were put on there a couple years ago and it's just whatever inspires me at that moment is what i picked in that list yeah i think mine's pretty similar um I use Airtable as well to hold all the ideas and I use a little, I've talked about this before, but I have a little app that's connected to if this, then that on my phone. And so basically when you open the app, it's just a text field. That's the only, and there's a single button on the screen. And so it opens really quickly and there's no other stuff to do. And the thing I love about that is it's just, I hit that icon. I, anytime I get an idea of any sort, whether it's, 
a project idea or just like a, th a thought about something that I want to spend more time on later, I open that app, type in some words or use voice, you know, or whatever to put it in there. And then I hit that big button and then it disappears. And having that process of it being super fast and easy and there are no barriers to me recording an idea makes it to where I, I put down everything. Like you're saying, like one word, two words, just every idea goes down. And those get dumped into a table, an air table that looks like a spreadsheet. And everything in that table, like I'm looking at it now, and there's probably two, well over 200 entries in the table. And they, when they go in, there's a field that is currently called project focus. And I think that's the wrong name, but, but when they go in, there's nothing in that field. So I can look and be like, the ones that don't have anything here are the ones that I need to kind of vet and decide. And then after that, I can set it to that field to like stuff I'm actually researching. We have plausible as if it's realistic. We have abstract. If it's something that's not really a project idea, it's more of like a, an idea, you know, like a, a direction or something that's a little less figured out and then totally bananas. And I've talked about the totally bananas list before. It's stuff that I'll probably never do, but it's like, I don't want to throw away that idea. I just want to put it down there because it may be something that would, you know, I'll figure out a good way to actually do it in the future, or it may lead to another idea. Um, you know, or it's one of those things like, I would never actually be able to do this by myself, but then if I find somebody else who has a skill set that makes it possible, I'm like, oh, wait, we could collaborate with a, on this idea to make this thing happen. But if I'd thrown that idea away, that wouldn't have been top of mind. And so that's, I mean, it's basically the same process uh, there as far as like recording it. But when I'm looking for, you know, something to work on next, I can go through this list. And I always start with like the plausible because they're more realistic. And I'll go through and kind of see what will fit within the time frame that I have. So I'll look at my schedule. Like I've got, I overthink this stuff. I know I do. And it's one of my, it's like a, it's a asset, but I think it also is a bad thing because I spend a little too much time where Jimmy, you said like you found a piece of steel and you decided to make it into a giant razor blade. That's awesome. And you yeah. did all that in one day. Yeah. That happens to me on, on rare occasion, but more often I'm like trying to plan out the next couple of months and like, well, if I'm going to do a woodworking this week, then the next week should be something different. And then the one after that should be something different. You know, I'm trying to kind of keep the variety and yeah. work them into like a production schedule that's realistic. Like the closet that I did, that took well over a month. And so I had to schedule stuff around that that took less time so that I had continuing content, you know, to flow out. And so I think one of the bad things about that part of the process, it's good because I can look at this list right now and I've got projects into late October on the schedule. That doesn't mean they're going to stay there or anything, but um, I've tried to lay out stuff that's realistic and timely over the next several months to make sure that I can get started on them to get them done in time. But that doesn't really... Like, having that process is good because I have employees, I have stuff that has to prep and everything, but there's not room for that thing that you said, Jimmy, of like, I have an idea today and I'm going to try to just like do this yeah. thing. That's why I, I tend to keep it loosey goosey. We always have at least like yeah. three or four videos I know that are going to get finished. And, and I, I gave up on that, you know, 
post every such and such day because I could just never keep to it. So now when everything's ready, it just goes up. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I think I suffer, honestly, because of it. You know, I lose subscribers or things don't grow as fast and I'm losing views, but I can try and get on that schedule. I just don't think I'm, I'm going to be able to keep it. So I'm just doing it spontaneously and, and I integrate videos naturally as, as they're available. So, mm-hmm. Bob, uh, I, I know, Jimmy, you kind of work willy-nilly and you put out videos when you can. And, Bob, you do have a video schedule, but do you have a shooting schedule as well? Like, you're like, we shoot projects on this day and it gets moved into this bin and and so on? Um, Not really. We try to just shoot every... I, th- I think that would probably be a good idea. But I think because some of the projects... Well, like this rack that I was talking about. And that's a good, pretty good example. Like, I ordered the extrusion... And then I had to wait like four weeks and then it showed up. But when it showed up, I was already working on something else that had to, whatever that was, I don't even remember, had to finish that before I could start shooting the assembly. And then once I got the assembly done, then I had to wait, you know, so that I could start figure out the fabrication. And then I had to wait on material and then I had, you know, so it's like, I can't really get a single project built into a shooting schedule because there's so many unknowns and so that's part of why I like to have several things planned out over the next couple of months so that in case one gets stalled, I've got the next one on deck and I can do some work there. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, we had a couple going at the same time and none of them were completing. One of the bad things about that process of having multiple stuff going at the same time is that it feels like you're not really making a ton of progress because like three projects move forward 10%. But if nothing is completing, yeah. nothing is done, and you have footage that you can bundle up and ship off, then uh, for me anyway, it's been like a little frustrating to be, you know, we're actually, we're working all the time. We're making progress on everything. That's what happens with but me. Like, it's like I work, I work, finishes. I work, and everything is slowly getting built in the background. And then all of a sudden I have five videos done at one time. Right. And then I just parse them out slowly. As, as Does that bother you? Or is that no. just... No, I mean, it probably bothers the, the fan base that are frustrated that I, you know, I'll have a vlog ready before I have another build ready. And they're like, you never make anything anymore. You used to make stuff. You know, I get that comment a lot. But, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. doing the best I can. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure that out as far as processes, you know, keeping things moving. But I'm also, you know, we, we talked about putting all the ideas in a list and then categorizing them by size or by plausibility or whatever. One of the problems that with that, it's not really, it's, it's easy to see because of that, is that all of the, f- the simple stuff, all of the short stuff, the small projects, I do them. Like, we got to fill something. We got to put something in this week. Let's take the, f- the smallest thing we can do and stick it in there. And after a couple of months, there's no more small projects. <laughs> and so then the list is full of giant projects and you can't do that all the time, you know? So that's kind of one place I'm struggling with. I, uh, I want to have more small projects to fill in weeks, but I don't want them to be throwaway things. I want them to still have value and a purpose and be useful to people to watch. So it's a weird kind of, that's a weird spot to be in because it would be super easy for me to go on, on, you know, Pinterest and like look for some random little woodworking project that I don't need and I don't have any interest in and like just make a video about making that thing to fill a week. But like, do I want to do that? I, I mean, I, I can say I don't want to do that, but that's, you yeah. know, you could go that route to just fill the schedule, but then what's the value of that? And then there's, you go the other way with Jimmy. There's been many times. Okay, you well, let's well, say, like, go the other way with Jimmy, where you're doing things that you want to do specifically, and if it takes you a month yeah. to get a project video out, 
so be it because you're doing a thing that you have interest in and it takes time. And I don't know. Yeah. Getting there's somewhere in the middle of those two things and overthinking and underthinking. There's a middle ground in there that I'm trying to find. Well, I, I, it's also I, probably I, a moving target too. as an artist approach. Try this once in a while, which is basically everything I do. <laughs> you start working on it, not really having a clear con- concise path. You just start working on it. And then while you're in like, the process all of a sudden you're like oh my god oh if i do this wow i never would have thought of this part of it if i didn't just get started so that happens a lot so that's what i'm okay. saying you start those little projects like a napkin holder for instance and you're in the middle mm-hmm. of making that napkin holder which just could be a boring project but then you think of that one thing and you're like oh my god this was just a napkin holder but now it's a napkin holder with this really cool with a laser yeah it's a laser napkin <laughs> holder. yeah it shoots lasers no so you wouldn't have thought of it you know, it's like a zombie hand holding napkins. Oh my god! Right? Do that. Yeah. What is that TV show everyone likes? The Zombie World. Is it called Walking Dead? That's it. Well, we could do a Walking Dead. Never mind. Well, uh, so for for <laughs> both of you, on like the bigger projects. So Jimmy, you have uh, you have some sort of cabinet with like a hundred drawers in it, and Bob, you've got your miter station. On projects like that, what's the process from idea to execution? Are you drawing it out? Or are you just <laughs> winging it? Uh, I draw some of it. I wing a lot of it. Like that cabinet where I made, uh, I think there's 45 or 50 drawers in it. That was one of those projects that sat in the background all summer long. That was like three, four years ago. But I made, I basically co- copied something I saw in an antique shop. I just, I didn't really copy it verbatim, but I copied the technique and how they made it and the structure by which the drawers were made. I, I pulled the drawer out. I looked at it. I'm like, the guy's like, the, each drawer is 50 bucks each. I was like, I'll just make my own. He was like, it was like a big uh, hardware store thing where all the drawers were missing and he was selling the individual drawers and he didn't care that the cabinet was becoming mm-hmm. kind of turned into a piece of junk. Anyway, so that I saw that and I'm like, I knew I wanted to make one. And so I designed the layout where I have a bunch of bit skinny drawers and then at the bottom, the bigger ones for the heavier stuff down at the bottom that maybe need a bigger drawer. And so that layout I did myself, but I did a little bit of experimenting and... Then I went to work on it. And while I was working on it, I figured out a lot of things I didn't think of while I was trying to draw it. So a lot of details that I didn't think of while I was trying to plan it. So that's why I say, even if it's a small project or a big project, just get started. You know, my, my theory is this. I know that at least this much of it has to get done. So if I don't know the design solution down the road, I know that at least I got to cut this plywood up. So I'll start doing that. And then when the, mm-hmm. once the plywood's cut up, like, there's a little like voice in my head that says, hey, stupid, you got to connect that to that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I'll connect that together. I'm like, okay, that part's done. And then, hey, stupid, don't forget to cut this and add that over there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to do that too. So it, there's like little subconscious voice in my head just keeps- Who's kind of a jerk, apparently, because he's <laughs> yeah. feeling he's stupid. So. You know what it is? It's the insecure conscious mind going, oh, uh, uh, hmm. and that subconscious- you know, Jerky Boy's character going, just glue it together. What are you worried about? Yeah. And that's the duality of my brain. That's that's what, you, if you could put like a microphone against my head, that's what you would hear. you just make a 30-year-old Jerky Boy's <laughs> reference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank Rizzo's in my head telling me, just do the next thing. Stop worrying. That's what, that's really what it is. See, for me like that, like as far as the, uh, whether to model or not, I typically only model something if i want to turn it into plans 
I would mm. rather sketch it out just on I mean if it if it's just for me sketching it on paper and just writing down dimensions will be enough information for me to be able to do it but if I am going to make plans then I'll fully model it so that I can we can get a cut list and I can give you know the Forby the the design and he can build the plans and stuff out of it so that's funny. I just remembered. Oh, go ahead, Bob, and I'll say. Well, that. I was going to say, and the the downside of that is that, um, I don't make plans for some things that, after the fact, would be good to have plans for. You know, like I I think, well, this one's not really that interesting to like the I did the lounge chair, like the steel lounge chair, and I'm thinking like nobody's going to make that, but I made a second one because it works really well and people have asked for the plans, but I didn't model it. And now at this point to go back and model, it wouldn't really probably be super beneficial. So I don't know that that's the best approach. You know, I was going to say it would be good. Sorry. One more thing. It would be good modeling practice to just model things that you're going to make for the sake of just practicing modeling, you know, and it makes those things. Every time I I open up SketchUp or 360, I open it up and I start modeling it and I just go, I could just build this. And I just I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'll make a big square and go like, how do I put a notch in it? I forget it. I'll just go to the shop and make it in wood. That happens to me every time. I've talked about that before. But when I, I, I just remembered when I did the facade of that that big chest of drawers, I laid it out with a big piece of paper. So it was five feet tall by 32 inches wide. I took a piece of paper that big taped it to the tabletop and used a ruler and triangle and laid it out in full scale so that I could see it and feel it. Cause I, I could make it an illustrator and look at the facade of it and be like, Hmm, I don't really understand like the feel of this until I make it real size. So I, I always urge everybody, all my students, if you can literally draw something in real life scale, just draw it and then you have a much better feel for it. And then, then you have like a roadmap that you could decide how to make all your Table saw cuts. A storyboard or a story stick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did with that. And I don't know if it's in the, if it's in the, I don't know if it's actually in the, uh, the video or not, but it was laying around with glue all over it. Cause I kept laying pieces of wood on it. Anyway. Yeah. If you can draw real life, I would always go for it. It's funny. The students did last night, the students had to do something that was basically like a, a tent for a human bear from the metal can hold on bear put that down stop he won't stop but <laughs> it was a good effort it was a good effort really try very hard <laughs> good stop effort. okay yeah all right but they had a they had to make a tent for a human and they made it this big and i made a joke i was like you couldn't find a human to make a real size one like they could have they made it they made it tabletop size they spent the two days <laughs> bears likes that tent joke uh, i said all you needed to do is just model this concept full scale yeah so anyway when you can model something full scale do it. that's it i'm gonna mute bear now <laughs> okay um well it's we're about an hour in an hour in do we want to talk further about process or do we want to we'll save, save that it. for we'll save yeah. it bear no it's kind of Oops, sorry, kind I thought, of I, was idea. On, thought I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what? Actually, you guys figure out what you're All watching. Right. We have a pretty good process I, I, here. I, I'll talk about Patreon. Uh, I got a good, um, I got a good, good one. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters for uh, helping out with the show. We it does mean a lot, and we have a little after show that's 
Patreon exclusive. So once you sign up on Patreon at any level, there's an RSS feed. It's almost like a separate podcast, like the After Show podcast or whatever. Anyway, you subscribe to that feed from the Patreon page, and then you can listen to the episodes uh, or the After Show thing. And it's another little bit of us talking. Sometimes there's uh, secret stuff. Sometimes somebody complains about something. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes Jimmy has pants on. Sometimes he doesn't. So, um, yeah, if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash making it and support at any level. But you can also, um, you know, leave us a, an iTunes review or share the show with somebody you know, post about it on Twitter, whatever. Any of that stuff is super helpful. So I want to say a big thanks to Wiesel Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris from You Can Make This Too, and Make, Build, Modify. There are top supporters over there. We're super grateful for them and for everybody else that helps out. It means a lot. Thank, Thank you. David, what you got? Uh, so a few weeks ago, Casey Neistat had Will Smith on his vlog. And I knew Will Smith had a vlog. There was a big article about it when he started a YouTube channel. Like, this is Will Smith, the the actor, musician, Fresh Prince Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And I knew he had a vlog because there was a big deal about it when he started a YouTube channel. But I never watched it. And then he was on Casey Neistat's vlog. I was like, oh, that was fun. I'll go, I'll go check out Will's channel. And it's awesome. It is really well done yeah he i i I tweeted about this over the last few weeks a couple times like will smith is making the best vlogs out there it's it's so good and it's full of positivity and he's taking his family to different places and it's hilarious it's it's well done it's well produced i'm he maybe he has a crew follow him around where he goes but sometimes he's filming on his (laughs) phone but it's it's amazing (laughs) it's inspiring and it's really good Nice. I just saw it. Cool. Okay. Um, one of the the best machining teachers I met at the Barzi event when I went, Joe Pajinski. Pi- Pajinski. I don't know how to say his name. I just texted it to you guys. Joe Pajinski. Everyone just calls him Joe Pi for short. He's a great teacher for machining. Uh, Bob, if you really want to consider he has great yeah. lessons on little things at a time, mostly about the lathe. So if either of you guys are interested in doing machining, lathe machining, machining lathe work. And uh, he's just a very, very, very good teacher. Very clinical, mm-hmm. but that's all you need. There's nothing fancy. He does a little lesson in front of a wipe-off board. Then he goes, let's go to the lathe. And that's it. And it's it's really good. Very cut and dry. And videos tend to be a little long in machining stuff, but it's packed full of good information. So check out Joe Pye. And he's a happens to be a very nice guy. We kind of connected when we met out there, and and I found myself watching his videos from time to time. And today, when I was thinking who I'm going to say, I'm like, God, I should have should have said Joe weeks ago. And maybe I did. I don't remember, but I've just been getting into his videos. So. Sweet, awesome. Yeah, I'll check that out because that is stuff that I would like to know. Um, so my recommendation is a little bit different this week. It's a game, and I know you two probably don't really play video games. I mean, board games. I could be wrong. Uh, but we got this game a while back when, actually when we were in, you guys have this game, come to think of it, or you had this game. When we were in Chicago at the thing that we go to every year, they gave us this game. It's called Bears vs. Babies. And it's a board, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) 
It's a board game. It's a card game called Bears vs. Babies, and we got it out a couple, like, last week. <laughs> we got it out last week for my kids to play, and, like, I learned it with them, and it's super silly. Uh, it's fun. You can play it with, like, any group of people or age people, and it's it's just a fun it's just a fun game and it's not complicated. So, you know, you can kind of sit down and play it with whom, whomever. Um, my kids love it. Cause it's all about building these super weird monsters. You have a head of one type and a body of a different type. And you have crab claws and machine gun arms and Tyrannosaurus arms. And you just get to build your crazy monster and then they eat babies. It's a really funny game. And so it's a blast to play it with my kids. So we've been playing it a lot lately. And, uh, if you're looking for something to play with, you know, kids, it's a good game or goofy adults also a good game for that cool. so I'm going to put the video they it comes with instructions and it says when you pull the instructions out don't read these instead go watch this video and it's a YouTube video that explains the game in like two minutes and so I'm going to put that in there in case you want to see how silly it is and you know what the game's like go check it out how's the new podcast That's Bob? Um, it's good it's good we uh, I think are six episodes in and uh, getting a good response from people. It's a lot of fun. I noticed. That's why I asked. A lot of people talking about it. I see it on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. In case you haven't heard that, uh, Josh and I are doing a new show called No Instructions, and it's just us building Legos and playing with, or building models and Lego sets and talking about life and nerdy stuff and stuff. So... Uh, it's on iTunes and all that. Actually, if you go to ilikeTomakeStuff.com slash podcasts, you can find old episodes of Brain Pick, which may or may not be coming back at some point in the Ooh, kind of what? near future. And new instructions. Yeah, I just threw that in there, but yeah, whatever. <clears throat> all right. Uh, you guys got anything else for this week? No. Stick around for the after show where Bob tells Jimmy to shut up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, <laughs> Nick Offman interviewed me for Arc Magazine. What? We just he just we, he he emailed me questions on his road trip. He's I think he went to see his family, and then I replied back with voice memos to eight questions. Oh, and nice! So he's going to transcribe that for an article. I'm going to be on the cover of Arc Magazine this quarter. It's a quarterly magazine, so and the article will be about the doors being built in my backyard. And a little bit oh, of an cool. interview written by Nick, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's cool. See how he transcribes my my ramblings. Is this only in in print, or is there an online edition as well? There'll be a, it's online as well. Okay. Yeah, Arc Magazine. Yeah, it's going to be probably within a month. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this week then. <laughs> Stop it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>